0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Hi, this is former NBA player Keith Van Horn, and you're listening to the Jake Brown Show.
0: And welcome to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's play.it iTunes, Spotify is where you find us. Subscribe, write and review, and follow us on social media. Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This guy I watched take help take the Nets to the NBA Finals in the 2001-2002 season when Kidd got there. He survived the swamp days in East Rutherford at Continental Airlines <laughs> Arena when the team was not very good uh, and had a really good career and was a tremendous player at Utah. It's the man, the myth, he won't say it, but the legend, Keith Van Horn. What's good, man?
1: Hey, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on.
0: Good. Uh now you're in you're living in Colorado. Well, tell us what you're up to. I know you're coaching over there. Tell us what's going on in the life of Keith Van Horn right now.
1: Yeah, I am uh, still busy being a dad. I got two in the house still that are both going to be in high school next year and uh doing a lot of youth coaching. I have a, a non-profit organization out here that we have about 2,000 kids in our programs. Um, that uh, we we do a lot of basketball work with, which is great for me to be able to give back to the game and uh, you know help these kids learn some of the things that I learned throughout throughout my career. And um, then just you know various other business interests from real estate to investments that don't take up a ton, ton of my time, but I'm involved with. And I um, uh, mostly spend my time uh, coaching and, and, and with my family.
0: The Colorado premiere. How did that whole opportunity start?
1: Well, it, it starts, I guess, as as a lot of youth organizations start with with my own kids, and um, I was doing a lot of just free clinics and coaching kids. And um, next thing you know, I have you know, half the state of Colorado calling me, trying to get me to coach and help their kids out. And and finally, I got to a point where, from business standpoint, I had some free time, and. Uh, kind of went a little more formal with it and established Colorado premier. And, um, we've just had a a lot, a lot of great success. Um, you know, we're one of one of 32 Nike sponsored clubs in the country. Now, uh, uh, we compete in the Nike, uh, EYBL and, um, really uh, fortunate to be able to help some kids achieve their dreams and reach their goals and move on to play collegiate basketball and, and just keep kids, um, in the gym uh, with the ball in their hands away from their phones and some of the other stuff that uh, can cause them some problems in their teenage lives.
0: Yeah, and even phones causing people problems with tweets being sent and posts and Instagram. And uh, Mm -hmm, It's good to keep the phones out of kids' hands. Sometimes you can follow Keith and his journey at Coach underscore Keith44 on Twitter and follow the Colorado Premier at Colorado Premier. Um, Speaking of Twitter, you like to tweet – some interesting quotes from the rest in peace, by the way, Rick Majerus, the coaching legend, the guy that coached you at Utah. Um, what what are like a couple? I know you've tweeted some recently, but what are like maybe two or three Rick Majerus quotes? Because some of them are just incredible. What are like the top <laughs> top ones from Rick that stand out to you?
1: You know, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it's really interesting um, mm-hmm. from the players that played uh, under mm-hmm. coach. There's this huge oral tradition between the players of you know, talking about all of the crazy stuff that, um, coach used to say. And, uh, and so kind of over the, over the years, whenever we get together or I'll be a text message or whenever we're on the phone, there's always something that pops up that, that brings, brings out a, a Rick Majerus quote. And, uh, you know, there are, are things that we've said to each other over and over and over again for the last twenty years and it's interesting because, you know, I have people say, Well, how can you remember all that? And he he would say he would say the same things pretty much on a consistent basis. So, you know, he was always telling me or Andre Miller or, you know, to transfer and go to Cal and transfer to U C L A or, you know, he told Andre to you know, just go play rec ball in Los Angeles. Like, and so he would say those things on a consistent basis. And so, you know, whenever the guys are hanging out and, um, you know, having a drink or having dinner together and, you know, we get on the topic, it's, it's always, uh, full of Rick Majeris quotes and things, crazy stuff that he used to say to us. And, you know, re- re- reading it now and talking about it now, I mean, it's, um, it's so, it's just so funny. Um, and it was funny to me actually at the time. I mean, I, while the, the team somewhat had a fear of, of him, um, some of the things you just had to bite your tongue cause you just wanted to, wanted to die laughing. Um, but then, you know, before you got to die laughing, he was sending you on some so we never really got to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple of the ones, as you mentioned, Andre Miller. Andre, just go back to L.A. and play in the rec league, because that's all uh, all you're ever going to be good for. Uh, and, <laughs> I mean, Andre Miller is collecting, like, his A.R.P. card in NBA years. The guy just <laughs> basically retired. I mean, what a career he had. Uh, no yeah, miss- I
1: mean, I, I remember one time you told Andre, you, you know, our Coach was really good friends with Don Nelson, so he was always bringing out Don Nelson or I talked to Nelly and he always called him Nelly. So every practice he would say, I talked to Nelly last night. And I remember he was on a kick about Nelly saying something about Andre. And, uh, and he's like, I talked to Nelly last night. And you know what he said about you, Andre, that you're never going to make it ever, (laughs) you know? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's so hilarious that he would say that. And I mean, Andre played, I don't know what, 17, 18 years in the NBA. Um, you know, and he'd be like, I talked to Millie last night and he said, Andre, you just can't shoot and you're never going to be able to shoot and you're never going to play in the NBA. So it's, uh, you know, those things were repeated over and over and over again. And, um, it's fond memories to look back on
0: and this was prior to the rapper nelly days no band-aids under the eyes no it's (laughs) getting hot in here so take off all your clothes and none of that Um, No, no 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 don
1: and i guess uh that's fine. you probably need a a clarification on that for some of your younger audience
0: yeah for the younger kids out there uh keith van horn is on the jake brown show right now now you lost your father your freshman year, and still went out to have just an incredible career at Utah. Did you kind of use that as an inspiration in your college years? Um,
1: not, not not necessarily. I think um, you know it certainly made me grow up quicker. Um, you know, and uh, you know, there's those times where I think a, a young man really needs their father during those those years when you know they're in their upper teens, and um, you know, just someone to that they can talk with and get some advice on, just from just from a man's perspective. I, I didn't have that, um, but you know, I had I had some great people in my life that helped me through it. And um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's just part part of life. You know, you can't can't look back with you know, any regrets or anger. It just it's just something that that happened and I had to had to grow from it.
0: And uh, I forget who said it, but uh, recently saying that there was. I forget who it was on the Warriors. There was no, there's no nightlife in Utah. Now you were there in college. Is it true that there Utah just has zero nightlife?
1: Ooh, um, I would disagree with that. <sighs> you know, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a culture that is um, becoming a little bit more mainstream. Uh, certainly more than when I was at school. Um, but once you live there and you learn the ins and out of that ins and outs of that culture, um, I think you can certainly have an enjoyable time at night out there.
0: <laughs> and it was it was Matt Barnes that said it, and the Jazz hats off to them for taking advantage and making t-shirts out of there with hashtag nightlife, uh, creating <laughs> some tremendous marketing. So, so you go to the NBA, Keith, you ha- obviously have the crazy blockbuster deal um, from the Sixers to the Nets, and your first year, you're incredible, you guys make the playoffs at the 8th seed, you get swept, then... Uh, I mean, kind of not reality, but just a complete 180 sets in and the Nets stink for a couple of years. I mean, what was that transition like from a playoff team and then Marbury comes along and the team just is one of the worst in the East? (laughs) Um,
1: You know, I I think there's a couple of things that that happened. I think one, um, my second year was the NBA lockout year, Um, and we didn't start until February, and um, I think that, the Nets and several other teams included, we had guys that came into training camp, if you even want to call it that, um, you know, not entirely ready to play. Um, and then we had, we had big time injuries. Um, you know, Jason Williams career came to an end, um, early in the season, uh, Terry Kittle's knee. Um, and you know, you're talking about, you know, Jason Williams was an all-star the year before. And, um, Perry Kittles was a perennial all-star. Um, you know, our second leading scorer, uh, actually third, but at about 16, 17 points a game after Sam Cassell and I. And um, and that's that's two big losses, and, and we weren't, weren't really deep, So, um, kind of set into motion a little bit of a spiral. I think uh, the, the whole Kalapari thing was um, interesting. Um, I think he didn't entirely get a fair shake. Um, and, you know, they made some hires that didn't entirely work out from a coaching standpoint. Um, so, um, but hats off to the organization. They pulled, made some big moves and uh, put together a, a team that worked very well together and uh, turned it around and, and made it all the way to the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, you had, you had Kittles, 2001, comes, I mean, he was there. Kenyon Marin comes along pinball wizard, Todd McCullough. Todd McCullough. Yeah. Uh, I remember <laughs> those days. I, I had, I think, like a six-pack or seven-pack when they got kid. But most importantly, it all surrounded you, of course, and then Jason Kidd. I mean, how much can you speak to the difference that he made and how he made, and Richard Jefferson, of course. How, how much of a difference did he make to the to really turning that franchise around from, kind of, I don't know if you say the lovable losers, to a championship contender?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and when Hall of Famers come to a team and they're still in their prime, they're going to make a huge difference. Um, You know, I think uh, we had, we had some guys also on that team coming off the bench um, that really knew their roles, like Lucius Harris and would come in and he'd be a knockdown three point shooter. Uh, Richard Jefferson, obviously in his rookie year was, was great coming off the bench for us. Uh, Same with Aaron Williams. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody remembers. Him, the A Train. Um, I remember him. A train, yeah. yeah. Think, uh you know, great defender, um, good finisher, good rebounder. So, you know, we had a really, really solid eight. Um, you know, Aaron, uh, Richard obviously, um, and Lucius could have started on, on many teams in the NBA. Um and and so, you know, we had a, a group that just it was the, the right mix. They played we played together well, we were unselfish. And, um, I think that that's one of the things that, um, Jason Kidd, I thought, did a great job of bringing to the table is his unselfishness led everybody else to play, uh, play more unselfish. And, um, and so it wasn't, um, we weren't going out there trying to get stats. We were going out there trying to win ball games. Um, you know, I think it, it, it did affect some people's stats. Absolutely. Um, but it resulted in wins.
0: Could I mean not to shut down Stefan Marbury, but could you see how instrumental of a difference Kid was versus playing with Marbury? I think Marbury was maybe more known as a shoot first guard, where you have Kid who was always distributing an alley oop to Kenyon Martin and just making teammates around him better.
1: Yeah, yeah, to- totally different players. Um, I mean, Stephon was was incredibly talented, um, and and although he you know he did get his assists. Um, you know, he did tend to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than Jason did. Um, and, you know, he was a little bit more of a scorer, in my opinion, than Jason was, although Jason could score when, at, at, at times when he needed to. Um, but, but yeah, you definitely look at Stefan as more of a uh, more of a shooter um, than, and, and a scorer than you would, say, Jason Kidd.
0: The Nets trade you along with McCullough for Dikembe Mutombo. Was it kind of frustrating or disappointing to leave the Nets... As as you just kind of got on the edge of on the edge of success, I mean, you go to the finals and then you leave. They do make it again. Was it a little disappointing not being there for that for another run? And as they kept winning for years after that.
1: Well, I think that the the thing that they saw in the Lakers series was um, we didn't have the size to match up with someone like Shaquille O'Neal um, in, that, in that finals, and they felt like they had to get someone that could come in and defend him. Um, to make a to make a push to try to win a championship, so I think that that was just a um, personnel decision. Um, obviously, it didn't didn't work out, um, but I, I understand why they felt like they had to had to make that move. So um, it's a business, and um, we all we all know that in, in the league, and even even players who are uh, career Hall of Famers, you know, it's very rare that you stick with one team forever. So um, you know, I, I guess I took it in stride.
0: You've been traded twice. You end up getting traded. You get twice for Tim Thomas. I mean, have you guys talked about? Hey, like we're trade buddies, basically.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, I actually I don't really know Tim off the court, and have really only met him on on draft night. I think um, just one of those things where our, our paths really yeah. never crossed except when it came to the trade deadline.
0: <laughs> you, you, Keith got to play with a future Hall of Famer and Jason Kidd. And then you go to Dallas and play with another future Hall of Famer and Dirk Nowitzki, and you guys go to the finals and unfortunately you lose to Wade and the Heat. What was that experience playing with Dirk Nowitzki in the prime of his career? What was
1: that like? Uh, Dirk was outstanding. Um, a great teammate. A great, uh, great organization. They do things right over there at Dallas. Um, they, uh, they take care of their players. Um, they, you know, they really have a mindset of doing everything to, to win. And uh, I think Cuban does a, does a fantastic job. Um, and, and, and Dirk is a, uh, is a first-class teammate. Um, always had his teammates back, um, went out and played hard, um, put in extra work before and after practice. Uh, just a confident uh, professional when it comes to when it comes to the basketball court. So um, I'm blessed to have had the opportunity to play with them.
0: Can you try and – I want to look back to the end of your career. It ended kind of odd, in my opinion, where you took off a year. Then the the Mavericks signed you to complete the Devin Harris trade. The kid goes to the Mavs, Harris to the Nets. Uh, What happened there? Were you able to play and didn't? I mean, what was the situation there at the end of your
1: career? Well, I, yeah, I was definitely taking the year off, and then um, when the, when the trade happened, it really kind of made me evaluate. Um, hey, do I I want to come back? Try to make a push at it, um, and then that's really said. Hey, you know, why, why don't you come and let's let evaluate it, and you know, we can make this trade happen and, and see if you if you want to make another run at it, and um, you know, so I I got in there and I started doing workouts and um, getting back in shape, but you know, it was, it was so late in the season. Um, and I just, I, I I didn't feel like I could, uh, after sitting out for 14, 16 months, uh, be in a position where I could, where I could benefit the team at all. Um, during the, during the end of the season. So, um, I kind of knew right towards the end of the 2008 season that, you know, I just, you know, I have, I have family obligations and, um, I have, uh, kids who were going into high school and um and they were all the way out in colorado and um you know and i just i just wasn't able mentally to overcome the hurdle to 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 come back it just wasn't um i was i was ready to be done and i think it, it kind of helped me understand that
0: well were you were you physically ready because i mean i think you retired at what 31 years old Mm-hmm. Um, a little younger than normal. Did you have any legs left? or You said it was more mental and more for family reasons you decided to leave, but looking back at it today, do you think you still could have contributed as a bench player for a team?
1: Um, I, I think that if, you know, if I hadn't taken that year off and I would have continued to play, I think I would have been absolutely a, a, a strong contributor to, to any team really for a, a number of years. Um, but, but once I took that time off, I think you know physically you you're you're not training the way that um, you have throughout your whole life, and then and then mentally you just you go through almost a transformation. And I just I, I I knew I wasn't there.
0: And man, I mean, if I were you, I'd be filming a music video on a boat. You got four million to really just chill and sit out. I mean, that's <laughs> you really rode off into the sunset with all smiles. I'd imagine.
1: Well, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you hit the lottery, huh? <laughs>
0: I mean, it's basically a lot of tickets. Like, all right, I'm going to sign with this team, not playing cash out. So I, I don't blame you uh, for leaving. Keith Van Horn is on the Jake Brown Show. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Coach underscore Keith 44 for a couple more minutes here. The first white player on the cover of Slam Magazine and <laughs> on the cover of NBA Jam Classic Game 99 for N64 and Game Boy Color. I mean, that's pretty cool, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I still I still got a, a, a couple of those in my uh, – Memoirs, so uh, definitely great memories.
0: You ever fire up that old Game Boy Color and
1: play? No, <laughs> I was never a big video game player. Although I have, I, I I do have that NBA Jam because they sent it to me, but I think it's the only video game I owned.
0: Oh, not not a, not a 2K or Madden guy or FIFA. No, no. Do you look back, Keith, at your career, and is there any regrets that you have at all?
1: No, I think I think when you when you can look back and say that you gave it all you had um, under the circumstances that, that you, that you were dealt, um, I don't, I don't think it's possible to have, have regrets. I mean, I I feel like um, I went out there and I I gave it my all every single day and I was passionate about playing. I loved the game. And uh, um, you know, if I, if you would have told me when I was eight years old, that I'd play in the NBA, I'd play in two NBA finals. I'd, have career averages of you know sixteen and seven, and uh, play at the University of Utah, and being all American. I would have said, I'll take that ticket.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, looking back um, at your career, last question here: the, the most instrumental player you play with, and the most instrumental coach. I'd imagine the coach is Majerus, but who's the most instrumental player and coach?
1: Well, coach, for, coach for sure was Majerus. Um, uh, you know, I enjoyed really I really like Cal um I I really uh liked playing for Don Nelson um I thought he was incredibly creative um and maybe just because I was a rookie and I was young um you know the, the way Cal coached I I got it and it didn't bother me um and then in terms of a player um I mean gosh I I, I played with um you know Allen Iverson and hmm. And Jason Kidd, and and both incredibly talented, gifted people. Um, but you know, I, I think I think Dirk really had um, a little something special that um, allowed him to get to where he he did, and, and win that championship, and have the career that he did. So um, I would say he's probably the the best player I ever played with.
0: Where did the long socks come from? Was that was there anything behind that?
1: No, not really. <laughs> you know, I just kind of did it one day and. I just kept doing it, and I don't know, it wasn't like a uh, something that I intended to do for any particular reason. <laughs>
0: did Did you get a call or have any consideration towards playing in this big three tournament with these old veterans now? I, I think you would have a shot still playing, going at it.
1: Oh, people, when, people have been messaging me all the time about that, that man, considering how my legs feel when I step out of bed every morning, <laughs> it just wouldn't be a good thing.
0: Yeah. Um, last one here with the playoffs going on. I mean, what's your prediction here for the playoffs? Uh, I, I, my guess is you you kind of like you're rooting for the Jazz a little bit. Um, but what do you think of the playoffs? Are we going to see another Cavs uh, Warriors rematch?
1: <laughs> you know, I um, I uh, you know growing up in L.A. I was I I, I wasn't really a, a Jazz fan or anything. Even though I played at the University of Utah, so um, although I know a lot of people in that organization, one of my former college teammates, Alex Jensen, coaches with them, so I always I always root for him. Um, but um, you know, I I, I think that uh, from just a pure entertainment standpoint, uh, a Cavs Warriors rematch would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that's what's going to uh, play out. As Keith Van Horn, former NBA forward coach underscore keith 44 keith great talking to you man and uh, good luck coaching and appreciate you coming on the show
1: hey thanks for having me on have a good, good
0: one yes sir take care
1: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey